Hello, I'm Mike Browning. Welcome to Let God Speak. God's call to mission is a call to be a blessing to others and be a blessed by them in return. And the scriptures contain stories of people who've struggled to do just that. And we're going to share some of their stories today. Well, folks, on our panel today, we have Kate Simpson. Thank, Thank you, you, Kate, for being with us again today. And John Cosmeyer. Thank Thanks you, too. to you also, John. And before we actually open the scripture and read the stories we're going to talk about today, we'd like to invite everyone to join us in prayer. Father in heaven, we want to thank you so much that as we open the scriptures, read its messages, that you're there to guide us. And I pray that your spirit will do this for us here in the studio today and all those at home who are watching this program, please, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 John, okay, John, so talking about reaching other people, are you more comfortable with your own people? Definitely. Mm -hmm. Because you speak the same language and you've got the same culture. Yes. But you go to other places, you have so much to learn, mm. it doesn't come automatic. That's true. You actually have to get to know the people. Yeah. And um, we have a good example of this in the book of Galatians, uh, chapter 2. Yes. And when you read verse 11 and 12, and I'm reading from the New King James Version, uh -huh. and it says in verse 11, now, now that word indicates that it's actually a story. It's narrative. Whenever you read the, the word now in the Bible, that's a story. Okay. And so he was Peter. He came to Antioch and Paul withstood him face to face because he was to be blamed. For before certain men came from James, he would eat with the Gentiles. But when they came, he withdrew and separated himself from them. Mm -hmm. So he was living two lives. Okay. You can't do that if you want to be a successful missionary. No, no. Mm. So he, he was, this, here's an example of someone who had difficulty making that transition um, as a missionary. He was in Antioch. This yeah. is not a Jewish city. And so they were doing God's work, but mm. he had a lot to teach them. He had a lot to learn. Mm. And we'll see that that was some, uh, some very important things to learn there. Um, look, going back in history, still on this point, going back in history to Genesis chapter 11, if you can join with me there, Genesis 11, and uh, starting there at verse 1, I'll probably read verse 1, 2, and 4. Uh, it says, um, referring to right back at the very beginning, the whole earth had one language and one speech. So everybody spoke the same language. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east. And as obviously as the population expanded, they moved out and, and occupied more territory. And they found a plain in the land of Shinar and they dwelt there. And they got a bit excited about that. And according to verse four, they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth, um, which is interesting. Um, so to explain to us what's happening here, Kate, why is this such an important story? Mm. 
Well, this is the story of the Tower of Babel, which mm -hmm. I'm sure we've all heard of once upon a time. Mm -hmm. And they wanted it to reach unto the heavens. So this is going to be some massive big structure like the world never seen before. And clearly here in verse one, everyone spoke the same language and was of one speech, one tongue. Mm -hmm. They were gathered together. They were determined to stay together. But God said, not according to my plan. He had mm -hmm. other ideas for them. Yeah. He wanted them to spread out um, because when the focus is inwards, it turns into evil and trouble when you're focusing in. Mm -hmm. But they needed to focus out for, for good for everybody. Mm -hmm. Okay, so God wanted them to move on and they wanted to stick together, build up numbers, be strong, powerful, etc., etc. Um, so God dealt with that in a dramatic way. And we were talking about this a little earlier. Um, the unexpected, when you're dealing with God, the unexpected too often, well, often happens. And here it did. Chapter 11, still of Genesis and verse 7. Um, God says, come, let us go down and there confuse their language that they may not understand one another's speech. Um, so this is what exactly what God did. Um, the Lord scattered them abroad from there over the face of all the earth and they ceased building the city. Therefore, its name is called Babel because the Lord confused their languages there. Um, pretty drastic thing to do though, wasn't it? Why did God do that? As missionaries, you have to accept the fact that it is God's will mm -hmm. that certain things happen. And this was one of them because God knew best. He's the sovereign God. And when he says scatter, yeah. You scatter. If you don't, he'll scatter you. Yeah. And that's what he did. Yeah. An interesting point, Mike, mm. is that when I talk to young people about the theory of evolution and the history of the world and so on, they want to know how come that there are so many different colours of skin of people in the world. And this is where God probably used that. Mm. Because the darker coloured people, they love to live in the hotter climates and yeah. some of us like to live in the cooler climates and, and God said, all right. And they discovered that the people that were of their kin mm. were actually speaking the same language as they were, whereas you may well have been a different tribe setting. Mm. You discovered that your, your people were talking your language as well. Mm. And so God used that. He did. And that's why the Europeans are where they are and the coloured people are where they are in Africa and Asians and so on. Mm. And, and they all live together yeah, that's really because they spoke the same language. <laughs> because God's word, mm. we use words. Language does draw people together, doesn't oh, it? Oh, yes. Language. It no does. That. Okay, so we have a demonstration of the sovereign will of God here. Um, that God's will was that they should be spreading across the earth. They said, no, we're not doing that. So God says, well, yes, you are. And he did what was necessary to ensure that that happened. And I find that really interesting. Um, so, Kate, how does this help us to understand God's will in sharing the gospel through the world? Mm. Well, let's read Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 and 20 from, for that um, answer. It says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. 
So this command, go ye, it contains a promise. This is mm. the gospel will go to the world. And this is the great gospel commission to the disciples, but to us as well in this age. Yeah, um, so, and so important. I mean, yeah. it's an enormous assignment, mm. isn't it? The whole world. Yeah, exactly. And the thing about God's will is it will happen. The gospel will go to the world, but Jesus has given us an opportunity to be involved in this mission. Okay. And he promises that he will be with us always, even unto the end of the world. And sort of jumping back to the Tower of Babel again, it will happen that mm. it will go to the world whether we want to be involved or not. Hopefully we do. Yes, that's mm. good. Thanks for that, um, Kate. I appreciate that. Indeed. Um, God had a... This is going back to Genesis again now to Abraham, experience of Abraham. Um, in chapter 12 of Genesis and verse 1 there, um, the Lord had a message to, well, it's Abram, but later we know he was, his name was expanded to Abraham. Mm -hmm. But here's Abram at the stake and Abram. And uh, verse one of chapter 12, the Lord said to Abram, get out of your country from your family, big ask here, from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation, bless you and make your name great. And it's, it's an amazing plan that God outlines here. And you shall be a blessing, he says, John. Um, so what was God's plan for Abraham? Why did he tell Abraham to do this? Mike, the first word in chapter 10 is now. Verse 11 is now. The first word in chapter 12 is now. And so this is absolutely true. Mm. God is not talking myths or parables mm. or whatever. This is actual historical fact. Okay. And he said to Abraham, he said, Abraham, even though you don't have any sons, you are going to be a blessing to the whole world mm. through your descendants. And we're fortunate to be at that end of history where mm. we can look back and say, Lord, what have you done? Yeah. And, and, and this is where God had a plan that he didn't tell Abraham about Mm. but it was a plan that was going to affect the whole world. Mm. And you know the best evidence for it? Tell me. Are you sitting there? I'm sitting here and you're sitting there. We are on the other side of the world talking about the blessings that God gave to Abraham and to all of us. Mm. Yeah, and we've all been blessed by Yeah, it. Yeah, no, that, that's true. Thank you, John, for that. Um, so he was to leave his family, home, everything, how, how demanding an assignment was that when you think about very it? Very demanding, mm. very demanding. Let's read um, Genesis 12 verse 5 for some context here. Mm -hmm. It said, And Abram took Sarah his wife and Lot his brother's son and all their substance that they had gathered and the souls that they had gotten in Haran. And they went forth to go into the land of Canaan and into the land of Canaan they came. So this is Abraham. He's moving all of his stuff and that wouldn't have been a small amount of stuff where we're seeing no. substance, people, everything there. And I mean, not many people like moving on a good day. It's a big job, but mm. Abraham is moving everything here. And to top it all off, he didn't even really know what he was going to get into. It was no. a bit of the fear of the unknown as well. It's incredible. All his possessions. So, you know, we shouldn't run away with the idea that he didn't have any possessions much, mm. you know, it wasn't just rolling up his palias here. He was, he was, it was a big move. Yeah. And if you had a removalist truck, it's a big move today, but he took mm. everything. Uh, and not only that, you mentioned the number of people that came with Abraham, right? It was a large group mm. of people. 
It may have been somewhere around a thousand. That's a lot of people. So it was a big move. Mm. Yes, huge. And all their stuff. And yes, mm. yes. What would motivate anybody to make a move like that, John? Well, it's in one very simple sentence. It'd have to be a burning fire. Mm. You know, when the love of God gets into your heart, in the hearts of some people, it's like a burning fire. Yeah. And, and they're not happy unless they're out doing missionary work. Yeah. For them, it's a mission to get other people to know about God so that they can share in the blessing as well. Okay. So um, was this going to be hard work for Abraham from now on, leaving the comfort of his father's home and probably good property, well-developed property and so on? So was this going to be quite a hard assignment? Yeah, there would be troubles, but they'd be good as well. And God makes a promise here in, again, in chapter 12, verse 2 and 7, which I'll read. It says, and I will make of thee a great nation, speaking to Abraham, and I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And verse 7, and the Lord appeared unto Abram and said, unto thy seed will I give this land. And there builded he an altar unto the Lord who appeared unto him. So God's promising to make Abraham a great nation. Mm. And um, yeah, he would be blessed and others would be blessed too because he followed God's plan. Okay, so God and God promised him an inheritance, the land Mm. he was in. Yeah. Which is pretty remarkable. So God wasn't saying, um, you know, you don't get any help here. You know, he's going to really bless Abraham and um, and says, I'll make your name great. Well, here we are talking about Abraham a couple of thousand years later. Mm. Mm. And uh, it's pretty remarkable, right? More than a couple, probably. How many, how many years since he was? Three and a half thousand years. Yeah, something like That's that. a long time. Mm. So, so God is doing what it well, knows what he's doing. Um, look, in Hebrews chapter 11, there's a scripture there I want to read. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 8, um, where... It talks about this move that Abraham made, Hebrews 11, verse 8. And here's what it says. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. There's the inheritance part of it again. And he went out not knowing where he was going. Mm. What do you think about that, John? Mike, how did he convince a thousand people to come with him? Mm. And this is where Abraham was a very special man. He had away. He, he was a, a missionary that attracted other people. Yes. And when he was asked, where are you going? He would have pointed their finger at them and said to them, I am going where God will show me to go. And it was, obvious it, it was an was act it. of faith. Yeah. Mm. He didn't have a road map. He, he had nothing and it to give to the people except come. Yeah. And he, it ins- and he was able to inspire all those people. Absolutely. And so, so really he amazing. was remarkable, really. Yeah. And And it comes back to another factor, which is very important in the life of a missionary. Trust God. Mm. Trust God. Okay, And he 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 had to inspire others. It's one thing he did. He was a human being, as we'll see. But he did trust God. Mm. Mm. Okay, Um, Hebrews. When Abraham arrived in the land of promise, Kate, um, perhaps things weren't all that as good as he had hoped. No. No, he went into a bit of trouble to start with, actually. And we see that in verse 10 um, of Genesis chapter 12. And there was a famine in the land and Abram went down into Egypt to sojourn there for the famine was grievous in the land. So he had to leave again. He had to move. And this time he was going to Egypt. And this would have been another test of his faith. Like, why now, Lord? I just moved all of this way and I have to move 
almost like taking a step yeah. backwards. Mm. Um, but yeah, Abraham needed to hold on to God to guide him. And that's pretty much what you were saying before, John, is just if we have God in our sights, we can just keep following and we know that God will lead us where we're mm. supposed to go because God's plan would prevail mm. in Abraham's life. It's a funny thing about our trials. They never seem to come at an opportune time, do they? No. <laughs> they all come when you're not expecting them and definitely don't want yep. them right then. That's what happens, And they often build on each other. You know, the mm. first one you have, you're like, oh, that was really hard. And then the next one comes and you go, oh, this is way harder than the one before, mm -hmm. but you've got the strength from the previous one and that helps you keep going. Okay, thank you. Yes, you do. You'll hopefully learn something yeah. <laughs> from the trial. And that is the purpose of it. There's no doubt mm. about that. Um, in chapter 12, still in Genesis, and now verse 11, um, it reads this way. Now, no chastening seems to be joyful for the present. Did we just say that? But painful. I'm still in Hebrews, by the way. I should be in Genesis. I was, I was going but it's to say. interesting how appropriate that particular <laughs> verse is. That's Hebrews chapter 12, verse 11. Uh, um, but painful. Nevertheless, afterward, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness. So, yes, there's a, a goal in mind with those trials. But anyhow, what we wanted to do was go back to Genesis chapter 12. And uh, I wanted to read there verse. Um, where were we up to, John? Oh, yes. Verse 11. And it came to pass when he was close to entering Egypt. Start that he, with verse 10, please. You want to start at verse 10? Mm. There was a famine in the land and Abram went down to Egypt to dwell there. Yeah, mm. for the famine was severe. And it came to pass when he was close to entering Egypt that he said to Sarah, his wife, indeed, I know you're a woman of beautiful countenance. Uh oh, OK, mm -hmm. so that was a problem. Uh oh, therefore, it will happen when the Egyptians see you that they will say, this is his wife. They will kill me, but they'll let you live. Um, so say you are my sister, that it may be well with me for your sake and that I may live because of you. So he was, he was concerned for his life. So what was the result of that? What is happening to Abraham's faith here, John? What faith? Mm. So it suddenly collapsed. He, he, he didn't have it anymore. Mm. And this is where... You know, you come back to the first word in verse 10. Now, Abraham is living a lie. Mm. He's got this beautiful wife. Tell them you're my sister so that I survive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, it was only half a lie mm. because, in fact, he had actually married mm. his half-sister. Yeah. And so there's always a bit of truth in a good lie. Yes. Um, a a half-truth is by definition, of course, a lie and more dangerous than a straight-out lie because of the fact that it's got a little truth attached to it. Yes. It gives more credence to what is being said. OK, so um, Abraham did indeed marry his half-sister, same father, different mother. And um, so it was a half-truth. Um, it's really interesting. Um, that he did this. He took a big risk. Um, what was the result, Kate? Mm. We see that in verse 14 and 15 of Genesis 12 again. It says, And it came to pass that when Abram was coming to Egypt, the Egyptians beheld the woman that she was very fair. The princes also of Pharaoh saw her and commended her before Pharaoh. And the woman was taken into Pharaoh's house. Okay. So Abraham is, has made his own plan against God's will mm. and he's thinking to, you know, fix everything. 
but he's actually caused the very problem that he was trying to prevent. Mm. And not only that, he's put um, other people in danger as well. He's put Pharaoh's house in danger. He's put his That's wife true. in danger mm. himself, all because he's taking matters into his own hands. Okay, and, and didn't not trust God. God. Mm. It's a very interesting thing, all right. So why do you think God allowed him to do this? I mean, it, it created peril for particularly mm. Sarah, didn't it, John? It did, and it's very sad. But God took that story of actual fact that happened to tell us about it so that we can lessen the amount of mistakes. And learn something make. about it. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. And that is that you have trust and you think you're going to be OK. Mm. And then all of a sudden you find that you're the one that really mucks things up. Yeah, that's too and cool. Abraham didn't take into account of what those people would think when eventually they learn the truth. That's and that's right. something that we have to learn. He didn't we can try and cover up and hide and so on, mm. when in actual fact it'll be revealed and then we've been very bad missionaries. Mm. So do you think, Kate, that it's important for us to have opportunities to see our weaknesses? Because yeah. clearly we don't see those generally. Mm, very much. God mm. let Abraham see where he'd gone wrong. He lets mm. us see where we've gone wrong so that we have an opportunity to correct it. You know, he doesn't want to leave us where we are. He wants no. to help us grow and change. He does. And the interesting thing is um, in Genesis chapter two, 12 still in verse 17, it says, The Lord plagued Pharaoh and his house with great plagues because of Sarah, Abraham's wife. So God responded to look after him. Now, I find this very encouraging, to be honest with mm. you. We all make mistakes and blunders in life. Um, and it's good to know <laughs> that God apparently is prepared to rescue us from our dumb mistakes, John. He's got our back. Yes, God is very good. Mm. and uh, Better than we can hope. Yes, and, and this is where it comes back to what I said a bit earlier, and that is that we learn from experience the mistakes that others make. We too can, uh, can make them. And uh, I hope that we can learn without having to learn it the hard yeah, absolutely, way. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so what about it, Kate? Are you encouraged by the way God treated Abraham mm. here? Yeah, very much. He lets um, things happen for good. We'll just see in Romans eight twenty eight. It says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. God's got yeah. a plan. We can... Yeah. We can try and fix it. We can make our own way, but God's will prevails. All things work out That's right. and God looks after And how much simpler if we go with God's plan A? I know. Instead of making him to resort to plan B or C, even worse yeah. still. Okay. All right, now moving on in time in history now to the, to the believers in Jesus now, following the, the outpouring of the Spirit on the day of Pentecost. 3,000 people baptized, another 5,000. Tremendous responses. Um, so Jerusalem was teeming with believers. But Jesus said, remember, the gospel had to go to the whole world. This was his will. Um, so what happened to move all of these thousands of people out of Jerusalem? So they went into the world. If you read verse 1 of chapter 8, now, once again, that word has arisen. Saul was consenting to his death. That was the death of Stephen. At that time, a great persecution arose against the church, which was at Jerusalem, and they were scattered all throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. They stayed in Jerusalem. Mm. And so here, God was using, once again, the methods of mission 
mm. to go out and share the good news of Jesus this time. Okay, so it was that was fantastic, really. So did they go into hiding and lay low, Kate, when they moved out to you know, no. keep safe? Absolutely not. It says in verse four of Acts chapter eight still, therefore they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. So when God gives you a message, you better go and preach it. They heard the Holy Spirit urging them out the door. They were mm. motivated and yeah, they went everywhere. They couldn't keep quiet. No. Couldn't keep it to themselves, which is pretty exciting really, isn't it? When the Spirit moves, yeah. um, people move. All right. Um, why did it take such drastic action as persecution, John, to get these people out amongst the Gentiles, the non-Jews? The Jews and the Gentiles were split. And this is where um, God had to find some way of helping the Jews who had the good news of Christ coming and his life on earth and so on. He had to find some way of getting them in amongst the Gentiles so that they could hear the good news too. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so God, uh, he even gave uh, Peter a vision. That's right. He had to work very hard to get yes. the point across. And when you read here Acts chapter 10 and verse 28, then he said to them, you know how unlawful it is for a Jewish man to keep company with or go to one of another nation. But God has shown me that I should not call any man common or unclean. That makes it pretty clear. And so God used dreams Mm. to say to Peter, don't call another person unclean. Okay, so he he was prepared to do whatever it took to get this point across to the believers at that time. In Christianity, there is no room for racism. No. None. No, absolutely. We're all sons and daughters of God. Yes. And this is where we might have a family dispute, yes. Mm. But racism... Not on. And that's where this book, the, the screws of this book are so important. Yes. Because it makes that very, very clear yeah. indeed. Um, uh, and, and Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19, I'm going to read that, says, um, Therefore now you are no longer strangers and foreigners. Now he's addressing non-Jewish believers here in, in Ephesus. You are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. We're one household. And we're all together. Look, our time is flying. Um, God has a greater goal, though. Um, Kate, if you can just briefly give us the picture there of God's mm. final and great goal. Yeah, to bring everyone together in one big multicultural family where everybody mm. has a place, everybody has belonging, yeah. identity mm. and a purpose. Yeah, I love going to church on a Sabbath morning. Mm. And there's people from nations all, well, all over the globe in many churches that you go to. And it's just mm. lovely. I find it a beautiful experience. I just sit there and think, wow, this is just so beautiful to see the whole family of God gathered together in harmony. So we are enormously blessed like that. Look, there's one more scripture I'd like to look at very quickly before we close here in chapter one of Acts and verse eight. And this is what it says. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Jesus is talking. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. And I think we can safely say, John, that's going to happen. It's already happened. Okay, it went to happened. Jerusalem, then to Judea, then to their enemies, Samaria, mm. yeah. and then to, hello, the uttermost parts of the earth. And we're going to have to leave it there. Fantastic. Jesus is calling us, all of us, to let our light shine right where we are. 
If he wants us to go elsewhere, then as we have seen, he'll make that very plain to us. What he does need is a willing heart. Well, we're glad you were with us again on Let God Speak. Remember all our past programs plus teachers notes are available on our website, 3abnaustralia.org.au. You can email us if you wish on lgs at 3abnaustralia.org.au. Do join us again next time and God bless. You have been listening to Let God Speak, a production of 3ABN Australia Television. To catch up on past programs, please visit 3abnaustralia.org.au. Call us in Australia on 02 4973 3456 or email radio at 3abnaustralia.org.au. We'd love to hear from you.